to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you do before. And he has put all things under his sight, under his sight. about to do for you in this place. I'm telling you you experience a certain dimension of the presence of God in this place. I feel the atmosphere shift as in God is in this place. I'll be using my phone to read the word, but media please. Uh Job 38 There is this beautiful song don't mind the voice there is this beautiful song concentrate on the words that um I love it's by Kari Job or Jobe uh <laughs> it does it yeah <laughs> it says um she's talking to Jesus huh? and she says I want to sit at your feet drink from the cup in your hands lay back against you and breathe feel your heart beat lord this love is so deep it's more than i can take i melt in your peace it's overwhelming As in, there's just something about the presence of God please ah mm -mm. you can never look normal when you're constantly in the presence of God i'm telling you like there's just something about the way you walk the way you talk the way you move people will be looking at you and asking you who are you talking to hey i'm talking to the holy spirit i mean okay no i have limited <laughs> job 38 I'll read from the NIV. Okay, so this was a time um Job was going through what he was going through. 
and he was asking the Lord. He was saying, okay, what did I do for me to experience this kind of evil in my life? Like, was I so bad that so much disaster surrounds me? And um, Job 38, uh, this is what the Lord was replying um, to Job. Huh? He say, it says, the Lord speaks. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, who is it that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. It's like God was um, answering Job's question with a question. So next time someone asks you something and you answer them with a question, it's the godly way. It's the godly way. So he says, Wait, please follow me. Be sensitive. As in the Lord is in this place. Uh -huh. So it says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. As in God was questioning Job with receipts. I did this. I did this. I did this. Were you there? <laughs> On what? <laughs> Thank you, support system. <laughs> okay. On what um, were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, ha, he speaks to the seas. Listen what he told the seas, eh? When I said, this far you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves hot. Let's go to Revelations 4. You are following me, ka? Uh -huh. Revelations 4, verse 1. Okay, so now this is the Apostle John. And um, John the Revelator, he saw James on the I'm trying to remember the, where he was. And when he looked around, he saw things like that. Okay. He was uh, Mount what? Okay, he was somewhere. Yay. <laughs> he was somewhere. Okay. Um, this was when John was taken up um, into the time um, his eyes were forged out and everything and he was left on the island of Patmos to die and then he began to see things. Eh? So now this is just describing the throne in heaven. So listen carefully. He says, after this I looked and there before me 
was a door standing open in heaven and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it and the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. I don't know what Jasper looks like but it must look beautiful. Hey, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. You know it's important to read the book of Revelations eh? because it helps you even in your prayer time. Because sometimes your mind will be distracted during prayer. And uh, for lack of a better term, you say, hey. Like, you know, when your mind is not there, sometimes it messes with your prayer timer. So the book of Revelations just helps you to envision the actual throne room of God. Because he's literally just describing how the throne room looked like. Thank you. He's describing how the throne room looked like. So it's important for you to read the book of Revelations, eh? Because it helps you in your prayer time. Like in your prayer time, you're envisioning, okay, there's a throne in heaven. There's 24 elders. And then there's someone, uh, a man seated on the throne who looks just like Jasper and Ruby. Hey, there's a man on the throne. A man on the throne. A man on the throne. A carpenter from Nazareth is the one who sits on the throne. Hey, <laughs> I'll skip, I'll skip, I'll skip, I'll skip. I'm going somewhere. Okay, so I'll skip to seven. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man and the fourth like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with their eyes all around, even under its wings. Now listen. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives ah, forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. You know, these two scriptures that I've read to you just describe the type of God, the kind of God that you're dealing with. Amen. Job was given um, a picture of God's greatness. Okay? And then Revelation was given a picture of his beauty, of his magnificence, of his holiness, of his majesty. Amen. 
I'm just trying to make you understand just how great God is. Amen. Because God is so great that he, um, he has or comprises of all three properties that make one great. He's ever present. He's um, all-knowing. And he's all-powerful. Amen. This is the God that we're dealing with. The one who parts seas. The one who sends down fire from heaven. The one who raises the dead. Amen. The one who kills giants with a small stone. Tiny, tiny like that. Why am I trying to show you this? Because there's a certain revelation I want you to have of God. Amen. Because what revelation does, it, bring, it brings understanding and knowledge. Amen. And um, what you understand, you tend to value. So even as I'm speaking to you, as these words are coming out of my mouth and as you are getting to understand who God is and the kind of God that we are dealing with, you get to know him and understand, and understand him no, more and then you will value his presence in your life more. Amen. You know... Um, This is very important because what you, what, you, um, what you understand, you value and protect. Let's look at Moses. Huh? You don't need to go to the, I'll paraphrase it for you. In Exodus, it says that when his mother looked at him, she saw that he was beautiful for the eyes. Okay. And then what does she do next? There was um, serial killing of babies at that time. But she risked her life and she said, no, there's something about this little boy. You know, this beauty was not just beauty for beauty for just beauty, beauty, no. It was a different kind of beauty. A beauty that leads you to protect something with your whole life. So what did she do? She got that little boy, put it in, in a basket, and, 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 and took him to um, the river where he was rescued from. So what I'm just trying to make you understand is that when you have a certain revelation, like she knew there's something about this boy. I know he's beautiful, but there's more. There's greatness in him. And because he is great, I need to protect this little boy at all costs. So what I want you to know or understand is when you value someone, when you have a certain revelation of how great something is, you protect it at all costs. Let me bring it closer. When you value the presence of God, you protect it at all costs. You won't just live anyhow. You won't just do anything anyhow. The Bible says that do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It is your job not to grieve the Holy Spirit. That responsibility is on you. What is a steward? A steward is someone who takes care of something on someone else's behalf. Huh? First Peter 4.10 Okay, I'll go before you. 
So we said a steward is um, a person who takes care of something on um, another person's behalf. Um, First Peter 4, 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Ephesians 1.13. Is that my daughter? Okay. Ephesians 1.13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. What's the seal? The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So God, knowing that you are a steward, okay, what did he do? He gave you freely the gift of the Holy Spirit as a deposit to just let you know, to assure you that you are great and to make you, to ensure that you look forward to the coming of Christ. Amen. So now, um, what I want you to understand is it's, it's your responsibility to take good care of this gift, the Holy Spirit, that has been freely given to you. How do you take care or how do you um, value this gift? By what? I quoted the scripture, not grieving the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The, it, it's, it's your duty to ensure that the Holy Spirit is comfortable even as he's living in your heart. Amen. It, it's, it's your job to make this place a home for the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, um, when, let's say, uh, when John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus, the Bible says that, and the heavens tore open, and I saw the Spirit of the Lord uh, coming down like a dove and sitting on, his, on him. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he never left. Why? Because Jesus knew the assignment. He knew that it is my responsibility to live a certain way so that I can take care of this precious gift that I have been freely given. Amen. Uh, doves are very sensitive um, birds. Any slight movement, they fly away. So now, um, this is the illustration that I want you to think of. Huh? It says that the heavens tore open and the spirit of God came. I think there's a reason it says like a dove. It just wants you to know how sensitive your assignment is, you know, because now you can imagine as you are living your life, you imagine there's a dove sitting on you. So you have to walk carefully. You know, you can't just 
move anyhow because you know that, okay, there's something that's sitting on me and I can't just be careless about how I live my life. Amen. Yes. Mm, um, you know, if you tell a drunkard, this is, uh, drunkards are very funny. If you tell a drunkard, ah, come to church, uh, you can come with your alcohol. What would they say? No, I can't. Why? Because now you, so is your body. So even a drunkard knows that I can't do certain things at this particular place because now you, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you can't do certain things. You can't live your life a certain way. Amen. When you are conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you just don't live anyhow. It is your responsibility to guard and protect jealously the presence of God in you. Amen. Yes. Uh, I want us to go to Isaiah 11.3. So, it reads, the branch from Jesse, okay, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. This is talking about uh, Jesus. The wisdom of God and understanding. Um, when you look at the book of Revelations 4, the one I was reading to you, it's just that I skipped that part. In let me just explain something to you in case it confuses you a bit when you're reading. Huh? Because that passage of scripture, you know, is, they talk about a man with a face and what, 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 and you know, all those things. So it talks about... Um, John is describing like the throne room, huh? he, and he says, and I saw seven lamps. And he explains, he says, the spirit of God. Now, do not confuse it for, no, there's seven Holy Spirits. No, it's one Holy Spirit in seven expressions. So it's just simply trying to tell you the seven expressions of the Holy Spirit. Now, these are the expressions that I'm reading to you. So it says, the spirit of the Lord rests on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge, this is the part I want you to focus on, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Number three says, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So of all those spirits, all those expressions, the most he delighted in was the fear of the Lord. Amen. Follow me, we're going somewhere. Hebrews 5, 7. I want in the Amplified Classic Version. And it reads, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up definite special petitions for that which he not only wanted, but needed. And supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was always able to save him out from death and he was heard because he was heard because is it you don't have the classic okay anyway i'll read it to you yes he was heard because of his reverence toward god 
Now this is uh, in brackets, so it's just describing what, so he's saying um, his reverence towards God, meaning the fear of the Lord. Eh? Yes, now this is the Bible explaining what the fear of the Lord is. His godly fear, his P-I-E-T-Y, piety, 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 it doesn't matter. <laughs> in that, listen to this carefully, eh? in that he shrunk, huh? he shrunk from the horrors of separation from the bright presence of the Father. Now remember the scripture that we read in Isaiah 11. It says, what was his greatest delight among the expressions of the Holy Spirit? The fear of the Lord. This is what the fear of the Lord is. He shrank from the horrors of separation from the bright presence of his father. The fear of the Lord is to be afraid to be outside of God's presence. Look at King David when he sinned and Nathan rebuked him. What was the first thing he said? In, I believe that's Psalm 38. He said, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. This was the king of Israel. Israel, a great nation. He could have easily said, please, don't take the throne away from me like his friends saw. But no, he knew how valuable the presence of the Lord was. And his first cry was, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Look at the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, Jesus sweating out blood was more than just him maybe thinking of the physical torture he was about to go through. It was deeper than that. I mean, physical torture to him was nothing. He already knew it was coming. But for Jesus to reach an extent to say, Lord, please, let this pass. Let this cup pass. He knew, he feared the thought of being separated from God. Because at the time uh, he was on the cross, he bore our sin. Our sin was on him. Meaning the Holy Spirit couldn't rest on him anymore. So he had to leave. He had to leave. So... It wasn't about the physical torture, no. It was the fact that he was going to be separated from the person that he values the most in life. That's why he cried out to God and said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? You know, um, having the fear of the Lord instilled in you will help you to walk in righteousness. It will help you to take out your will from your life and walk in right standing according to the will of God over your life. Amen. You know, when you have the fear of the Lord in you, it... It makes you righteous conscious. And because you're righteous conscious, it's impossible for you to sin. Remember at the, at the river, eh, when Jesus was uh, meeting Peter, Simon Peter, 
And then he told him, uh, cast your net, and then he explained, no, we already, the whole night fish hasn't been coming to our net. We haven't caught any fish. Eh? Uh, and then, no, Jesus was like, no, just do it. And then he cast his net, and then they got a lot of fish. Blah, blah. And then, Paja, just there, it clicked. But, mm, this is not an ordinary man. There is something about this man, amen. And what was the first thing Peter said? He said, get away from me. I am a sinner. Why? Because when you acknowledge the presence of God in your life, sin Sin is not even an issue for you. You become aware and cautious of righteousness. You can't live your life a certain way. He said, get away from me, for I am a sinner. Hey. Hmm. I'm bringing it home now. Galatians 5, 24 to 26. How do you walk in the fear of the Lord? And it reads, I'll read from the NIV, back to the NIV. Galatians 5, 24 to 26, and it reads, Those who belong to Jesus Christ, this is how you walk in the fear of the Lord. Huh? Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying of each other. I want you to focus on, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. There's such a thing as living in the Spirit. Okay? It's more than just being filled with the Spirit. There's a difference. Listen, when you give your life to Christ, the spirit comes to live inside you. So you're filled with the spirit. But there's a whole other dimension, okay? Because it's, it's possible for the spirit to live with you, in you, and you not walking in the spirit. There's a difference. I'll give you an example eh, of a charger and a phone. Okay? So you... The, the, the phone, um, for it to be able to work well, it needs to be charged. Eh? You can plug the charger in a phone. Hmm? Okay? But if you don't switch on that car, there's nothing that happens. The light is not on, Kaya, how I can say it. It's not connecting. The connection is not connecting. Meaning the phone is as good as useless. Because you can't use it. How will you use a low battery? You can't even use your flash for my selfies and whatnot. I'm an iPhone. So, for you to be able to walk in the fear of the Lord... Please be upstanding. For you to be able to walk in the fear of the Lord, you need to ensure that you walk and live.
by the Spirit of God. Amen. Next time I'm given the privilege and honor to come here, I'll teach more on living by the Spirit. Amen.